You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we try to answer specific questions on an individual topic, and then at the end, we bring in an expert to give you the real answers. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. Should I start this thing? Like, just start it? I think we just just start it. uh, We did. Just do the damn thing. So, um... You're the one who remembers what the topic is. So, I never, um... Fell in love with strength sports. I fell in love with the process of lifting weights. I fell in the process of progressing. I fell in love with the process of um, some camaraderie, some hard work that we don't really have. I grew up at a very weird school where we had a farming class and I built um, greenhouses. I built a, a stone oven. I built foundations. We would shovel. We would prune. They're preparing plant you for the trees. apocalypse. I love it. I've done all that. And, yeah. and it feels good. I think there's something human about that. Getting, getting, getting splinters, tactile, from, tangible from a shitty, shitty shovel, yep. dirt in your shoes, and now I have to go to English class and pay attention about Shakespeare. There's something to all that, and uh, it's yeah. hard to get that as an adult mm-hmm. unless you work in that f- realm. And I don't. I'm a sissy that talks into a microphone. But when you're in the gym, sissa. see, I'm a mm-hmm. sissa hoe. Uh, when I when I grab a, a chalk. And I'm, my shins are bleeding, and I'm lifting 125 pounds after I moan. Uh, it feels like I'm that again, right? Mm. So I fell in love with strength training, which often leads you to powerlifting of some nature. Squat bench dead, some kind of squat, right? Hack squat, whatever you guys want to define yourself. We're all one, brothers and sisters in iron. And so I am a big proponent. A lot of the seminars I give, uh, I, I teach squat bench dead but I like to preach on these things that it's for everyone. You can learn a lot about yourself. I think you can learn a lot about your friends, training yep. with your friends. You can learn a lot about uh, society and how to take these disciplines into your business, your relationships, hardworking, et cetera. Definitely. I'm fat. I'm just fat. You're not fat. Is bodybuilding for everybody? Is it for me? I could only speak as a bodybuilder, yeah, and that, I would say 100%. I don't know why I was looking at Eric. I did a no-look pass. I was looking at Eric, but this question is clearly for Omar. <laughs> yeah, so. the, look, the look to me was let you know, no disrespect, but I'm going to talk yeah. to the bodybuilder. I'm going to talk yeah. to the guy yeah. with yeah. striated glutes right now. So, yeah, I understood. Wow, what a weird journey we've been on, Eric. Oh. Um, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> even Paimon's trying to say, like, no, he's not the right one. Um, what a weird shut up crazy, omar eric what a is- weird <laughs> and crazy journey we've been on i could only say that uh everyone at some point in their life should do bodybuilding and oh. sh- should com- <laughs> oh <laughs> i guess we should define bodybuilding what i'm talking about right. is the sport competition sport i don't even know if i want to say sport people might get mad and you might get mad uh the com- competition of bodybuilding um because the practice of bodybuilding i do uh, i would agree is for everyone. Eric had the most beautiful definition for bodybuilding, which I loved, that he gave me. Yeah, so the, you guys really ADD'd the hell out of that. So I, I, I don't know where I want to start, <laughs> ADHD. But um, we could, so there's things to unpack. Competitive bodybuilding, what is it? Uh, bodybuilding, what is it? Um, and then who is it for each one of those? Hmm. And then what, is it, what does it mean? And, and sure. then something about cis hoes. I don't know what you said there. That was me. Okay, cool. So uh, <laughs> that's how he identifies. So I think the um, I think the first thing to start with is that, like you said, hey, you get led to powerlifting from lifting. I think lifting is where it all starts. I actually haven't met anybody who was like, yeah, I got into it with my first competition. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I also haven't met any. I've met people who have, like myself, gone through the competitive process of getting on stage. Um, 
But that's weird in and of itself just to start. But then when they actually got on stage, you can have a number of reactions like, that wasn't worth it. Like my wife, actually bringing her up, she did one figure show on the way down of dieting down to the 114th. And she's more like a 123 and actually now like a 132. Um, and so you can imagine how lean she was at 114. Uh, mostly a powerlifter. Yeah, she, she's, she's done like 10 powerlifting meets. Um, and she doesn't identify as a powerlifter. She just loves to lift. Yeah. Like, hey, so we could be besties. Yeah, she was like, you know, you seem to get a lot of fulfillment out of this, and I'm going to be really lean for this this anyway. And I was like, you know, there's a, there's the NGA Natural California just in four weeks. Give it a shot. So she did the figure class. She did it, and she was like, I really like being on stage, but it was a few seconds, and it it messed up my relationship with food for like six months, and it it changed my image of my body, and it's just really like, you know, like it was cool, but I'm not going to keep doing that. I don't identify as a physique competitor. And I think that's a that's a normal, rational uh, response to competing. But I'd say it's also actually pretty common that someone goes, man, like the depths I pushed myself, the the feeling I got out of it, that it allowed me to to learn new limits uh, and the discipline it required and the focus, uh, the kind of the double-edged sword aspect of the competitive <coughs> process. That's what I fell in love with. Uh, so I fell in love with lifting. And for those who don't know, I've done a combined total of 20 weightlifting and powerlifting mates. And I've done, uh, I just did my 11th show. So I've actually done more weightlifting and powerlifting meets than I have um, bodybuilding. But I'm still bodybuilding. I will keep bodybuilding. I identify as a bodybuilder. And it's really something I get a lot of meaning and fulfillment out of. But it's absolutely not even for some people, is my opinion, yeah, competitive yeah. bodybuilding. And I think it's really important to take a historical view of some of these things. Like powerlifting and weightlifting have changed. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, but it's nowhere near the amount that bodybuilding has. Like, you go, yeah, weightlifting's changed. They used to have a a clean and press. It's like, yeah, but it's still fundamental. Now you use some legs. (laughs) Right. You know, Um, and powerlifting has changed. Like, oh, you know, the the gear gives a lot more support. Single ply today is like multi ply before, but it's still powerlifting. Yeah, Yeah. You know, however, bodybuilding has gone through different eras where you didn't actually train for a bodybuilding show. You were a weightlifter or a powerlifter or an athlete. And then you did this side competition where it was like, and look what that's caused to develop your physique, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or where they would actively mark down someone who's too big, you know? Like the most muscular person does not win. This is about uh, a symbol of health and symmetry and proportion. To then going to, oh, well, we should have a most muscular award. To then going, no, this, this division is about being as big as you possibly can and as muscular. You don't want to be as muscular? Oh, you do men's physique or you do classic physique or you do whatever. So bodybuilding has changed a lot. Uh, even if the the idea of taking performance-enhancing drugs to get bigger, to get on stage, and bodybuilders going, yeah, bodybuilding is about health, ha, ha, ha. There's somebody in 1920 who'd be like, you know. Yeah, so, it's almost opposite of health, natural or not. Absolutely. Yeah. So the, the original physical culture and, you know, like the it, – it's it's to me, it's very ironic that the Sandow is given to the Mr. Olympia today, you know, because mm-hmm. the, 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 the cultural ethos of that figure versus the person holding it is very different. You know, the, the idea is that form follows function. Sandow was a, he displayed his strength just as much as he displayed his body. And he was selling health products and saying like, hey, this is a representation of, of a healthy, holistic life. So the idea of, of sacrificing your health for your performance, that wasn't a thing until like the the middle of the 1900s, really, honestly, yeah. that, was, that was pervasive. Definitely around the 1960s, definitely the 1950s. But even when you start getting like the 40s and 30s, that was uh, a, a strange view, a, a limited view. It does, it does come naturally out of competition, don't get me wrong. Right. But historically, that's something that has – bodybuilding has changed way more than the uh, the lifting disciplines. 
and the conditioning standard has gone up. So, for example, um, I don't think I can't think of anyone who had to diet to get striated glutes. There were some people who just freaks who walked around with that in 1900. Sure, I, I sure if you want to see my Instagram and see pictures, you can. <laughs> but there was no one who dieted to the point where they got striated glutes to get on stage. Like Frank Zane was probably the leanest guy in the era of the 70s. I think it was maybe uh, like Lee Labrada or no, it was um, oh, what's his name? 80s bodybuilder, short, very symmetrical, who was the first guy who really had striated Lee Haney? Uh, Gaspari. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. <clears throat> I don't know why I was thinking that, but I was. Yeah, and Gaspari, it was like a, it was like a magic trick. Yeah, it was yeah. like, what? what's up with your butt? You know, like... <laughs> I get that a lot. You know, like, because no one thought to think of that as the standard. And then when you lose that much total body fat all overall, it's like, oh, that's what a, a butt, it's, it's like a, it's like a rib cage or like, like a walnut. And then all of a sudden, that's what you got to do. So now, like in, in drug-free bodybuilding, yeah. at the amateur level in a big show, I would say 10 years ago, if you rocked up with average genetics and you looked like you had some muscle, but you had striated glutes. Yeah, you're winning. 90% chance you got a pro card. And that was the era I came up in. Uh, and now, it's like in a big show, like if, when I do the Mayhem in a couple of weeks, the top three in each division in the amateurs are going to have striated glutes. And if you don't bring it, then like it's like showing up to a baseball game without a mitt. Yeah, it's the norm. So and that and so so the, not only has the competitive standard of leanness changed, the purpose of bodybuilding has changed, uh, the the lack of holism, and the removal of the element of art, artistry. Not that it's totally removed because you still get to do your individual posing routine. But like, for example, in uh, the big NPC shows, here's, here's one. So I've, I've done the Contra Costa before, and I placed a solid 16th out of 23 middleweights in 2007. Didn't actually place 16th. That's just what they place you if you're not in the top 15. So along with another seven Oh, people. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I've I was seen six, that before, yeah. 16th. Everybody is 16th. I, like, I, I, I know eight of the guys who are 16th. <laughs> yeah. It was a 16-way tie for 16. Exactly. So it's actually DNF is what I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, interestingly enough, if the show is big enough and if you place out of the top 10, you don't even get to do the routine. Yeah, I've heard that. Mm. So you can be a bodybuilder in the modern era and there's zero artistic uh, component to it, at least in the competitive format. So that's just – I've, I've done a lot of background here, but the point is is that the bodybuilding of today is very different than the bodybuilding of every decade you go back in multiple facets, both the requirements you have to do there, uh, the reason you're doing it, the messaging you get, and um, the willingness to cross certain lines, which is why we've seen recently this resurgence of different standards. Now we see there's classic physique. Now there's men's physique. Natural bodybuilding has grown a lot. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to be a bodybuilder. So it's very difficult to make these sweeping statements about the sport without almost – you have to be wrong. Because what it is for the gal who's a bikini competitor or what it is for the enhanced female bodybuilder who's competing at the Miss Olympia uh, or, or what it is for the, the natural bodybuilder who's in, in, in the fit body category, man, it's, it's going to be very different. Mm -hmm. So there might be some element of physique sport that could appeal to more people than most. But for the most part, I think competitive physique sport is very different than kind of the, the cultural ethos of what we see in the mainstream of what bodybuilding is. If you just say bodybuilding, you kind of think of uh, moderation and nutrition, eating healthy, uh, having a daily practice, yeah. you know, and um, training, training regardless, and, lift, and lifting, training weights. on a holiday, like right? Getting you're, serious about it. You're yeah. probably doing some type of cardio, yeah. 
Uh, you're probably doing maybe, maybe in, in the summer you try to cut down. You try to build muscle in the gym. You do moderate weights. You do a selection of exercises that includes not just the big three or not the weightlifting moments. Mm-hmm. You know, people say, you know, do you body build? They do the kind of curl thing, right? <laughs> Are you a bodybuilder? That's pretty good yeah. right there. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's, that's your aunt. It, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. You still do the power lifting? Looks like you're like, doing old school fighting. You want some of this? Yeah. yeah. Or it, sometimes you'll get the, oh, you do the power lifting? You're like, yeah. that's the Olympics. Yeah, the yeah. Or, or when people say steroids, they always look, it, it looks like it's heroin every Correct. time. They're... Correct. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it works. Right into the vein. Yeah, so like like the, the the cultural awareness of what bodybuilding is is very different than competitive bodybuilding. Yeah. I don't think if you say bodybuilding, most people on the street will they think a speedo, no, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and they'll probably oh, that's very. I think healthy. a marble bag, but that's just me. Yeah, you know, I think, Omar probably thinks banana hammock. Yes, I think grapefruit. It's all it's different. <laughs> M- for Mikey thinks marble marble bag. So. Grape, grape, grapefruit is my favorite fruit. Favorite citrus. Mm-hmm. Coincidence? I don't know. Maybe I was born for this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that's what you've learned from this is actually I need to be a bodybuilder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So especially when we introduce our new category, which is the body positive category. Uh, yes, everyone wins. You just step on stage and uh, you, you also, get a round of applause. Everyone gets first. Yeah, the oh, U.S. Yeah. soccer trophy. Omar is the the, the Ambassador, future yeah. 2020 uh, Midwest Valley body oh, positive champion. That's a tough South, region. South yeah. that's regional a tough, high. That's a tough body region. positive. Yeah, that's a body tough builder, region. Along with everyone else in the world, really yeah. positive yeah. folk in that region. Yeah. Yeah, you can't lose. It's that's actually, our slogan. That's actually the slogan. Literally, yeah. you can't. You lose. can't lose. It's a really expensive show to put on because we have to buy a so lot of trophies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of fake fucking gold guys. Mm. And mm. the food after, actually, well, the food during. We actually make meat on stage. <laughs> that's just, part of it. Just it's so like a mukbang. Like, like, no, you're not going to binge eat after this because you didn't diet to get here. Hey, yeah. bitch, <laughs> you smile when you yeah. eat that pepperoni. Oh. Alternatively, we uh, the next slogan is we're the Planet Fitness of bodybuilding. <laughs> Planet Fitness oh, is, surprised, yeah. is supplying the pizza. Yeah, Actually, right. if you step on stage too lean, a lunk alarm gets set off. Like if Eric stepped <laughs> on stage, get out, meathead. Uh, but you're you not still, But here. you still win. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, but we don't like you. And when you submit your application, you get a coupon to a random fast food place back oh. right back at you, and it says, "Don't just eat fast food. This is about wellness, but this is okay to eat. And mm. if you do eat it, you I'm, have to accept yourself." And the person's like. I, so many. I think I clicked on the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, all, all that I'm getting at is I think I think bodybuilding as a kind of our, our cultural gestalt idea of what it is is absolutely for, for anybody who wants to do it. If that is maintain a sustainably healthy, lean body that you're artistically proud of, that you feel you have some ownership of, it gives you empowerment. You're progressively lifting weights. You're doing a, a smorgasbord of exercises that includes cardio. Most of the guys from, I'd even say the 80s back, also did flexibility work. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the downsides of sports science being pedantic and annoying is that we told everybody that stretching doesn't... Makes you weak, bro. Not, yeah, right before training, <laughs> it messes you up. And if you uh, stretch, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't mess up your... Sorry, it doesn't remove your chance of injury. And like, okay, well, I, I did it not to get hurt and to warm up. And because Mr. Olympia said so, but I don't really want to... Why am I doing it? Okay, I'm just going to stop. But we, we forgot to say, oh, by the way, flexibility is important in general. You should still do it, you know. But uh, so like the average kind of messaging that you would get from uh, like Steve Reeves was flexible training, do flexibility, you know, keep your heart healthy, stay moderate relationship with food, you know, and, and be strong and get strong over time and, and train like Jack Lane till like two days before you die. That's great. Um, but that is like absolutely not the same thing as competitive bodybuilding. Right. So I think competitive bodybuilding is something that uh, very few people should do. Um, nothing wrong with trying it, but I think I think you need to go into it with eyes wide open. 
And we're going to pause right here for an eye-opening message about Blue Chew. I feel like, one, because of the life and work I do, we do. Um, two, even before that, I feel like there's two sides of me. So I would never say I'm split personality or this or that, but like there's two sides of what we do, right? Yeah. Content kind of side, which is definitely me. And I speak from my heart on everything I do, but there's like a different like confidence or a different like persona in a way, but that persona is still 80% me, right? Just turned yeah. up. Uh, and, and, and there's this stigma in America about like talking about your feelings yeah. as, as a man talking about like anxiety is something I talk a lot about cause yeah. I, I deal with, um, talking about mental health or relationships or feelings mm-hmm. like all those podcasts or, or radio shows typically, or TV shows typically are like a very calm certain type of man that's probably a therapist running that show Mm -hmm. and then the guys on there maybe there's not even guys on there right like Mm -hmm. there's ladies on there or something right like or or it's very discreet like uh love line back in the day yeah where like no one's coming in like making up fake names and fake areas where you are and telling doctor (laughs) what dr drew (laughs) with their smoke alarm uh, low battery yeah. thing going on. That yeah. still goes on in uh, <laughs> we're Twitch streaming and whoever like <laughs> randomly we're playing with, that's always on for some reason. Like change your damn thing. But yeah, you're telling Dr. Drew, you know, you can't get hard or whatever, which is the next topic of a super like non, uh, maybe it's America. I don't know because I don't know other dudes in other countries that well, but like maybe it's just an America thing to be super embarrassed about. But to me, I've never dealt with this, but it seems like my arm is broken. I get a cast. Yeah. My wee-wee doesn't work how I want it to work. I go to a doctor. Yeah. It seems black and white to me, but because of where it is or what body part it is, it's so different. And I'm the same way. In my personal life, I struggle with talking about my feelings, my anxieties, how I feel, relationships. Mm-hmm. Throw a microphone in my front of my face and the truth serum. That's actually <laughs> the only difference of my personality is this stupid thing pulls out truth serum from yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's what makes someone who does this well is you become more honest on the mic, yeah, yeah. sadly, uh, where other people who aren't good at this, they become more shy on the mic. Right. But I've never had the wee-wee problem, <laughs> but we got wee-wee fixes. Yeah, uh, we have teamed up with Blue Chew. Boom. I want to say, uh, you know how uh, UPS's slogan is, what can brown do for you? Yeah, what can is blue it, do for you? What can blue do for you? That's that seems the- like a police thing, though. Kinda. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Blue Chew is real medicine. It's over, not over the counter, but prescription medication that you get prescribed through a doctor that you don't have to see in person. Uh, you fill out a questionnaire online. It is chewable, so it's more fast acting. You don't have to take them at any particular time. Uh, you can have an empty stomach, a full stomach. It doesn't matter. They're made right here in the United States, uh, shipped direct to you. So they're cheaper because of that. They're cutting out a middleman. And since we only endorse things that we actually have some level of confidence to actually work, I took one for the team. I can tell you they work. They work as well or better than any other prescription drug that contains the active ingredients for Viagra or Cialis. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, folks. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue, B-L-U-E. BlueChew, like Jim said, it's a chewable, first of its kind, FDA-approved active ingredients, very similar to Viagra or Cialis that you guys have known and heard of before. Yep. Uh, you can take them anytime, day or night. Full stomach, uh, since it's chewable, is absolutely fine. They work up twice as fast as any other normal pill, uh, so you can be ready whenever you guys want. When the time calls, sometimes you don't know. Yeah, they come in little packets. You can carry them along with you. You can stick them in your pocket like it's like like a condom when you were you know a teenager. Instead, you got your 
Your blue yeah. chew pills. Or both. Or both. <laughs> or both. Yeah, yeah. safe sex. Definitely both. Blue chew's uh, prescribed online, like Jim said. It ships straight to your door in discreet packaging, so there's no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy. Uh, and the best of all, there's no more awkwardness. Like I said, I think we should break that stigma and not have awkwardness to begin with, but yeah. we do understand. So uh, right now, we got a special deal for you guys right now. BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment absolutely free. Use our code FACTS. That's F-A-C-T-S. Totally discreet. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E Chew.com. Promo code FACTS. F-A-C-T-S. And to try it for absolutely free, friends. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. I think that's all that I can say with confidence that is all true. Uh, And we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Enjoy the episode. Check out BlueChew.com. What about the other categories again? Because we said bodybuilding, and it's so broad, right? Because whatever you want to identify out there, you do some bicep curls, you know, and, and you count your volume a week. You call yourself a bodybuilder. You're not hurting nobody, whatever. But what about, yeah, maybe the physique where you don't have to get as lean uh, or it's not as extreme. Obviously, natural bodybuilding is extreme in some terms, but you're not taking the performance-enhancing drugs, which arguably are more extreme for your health or, or results, uh, or the bikini girl. Mm. who's maybe not even all that dangerously lean and, and can get yep. away, you know, depending on your genetics and your lifestyle. You think that's kind of for everybody? Or you still think that maybe there's some line of, of maybe, yeah, maybe we were joking, obviously, earlier with body positivity or, or mental connection with food and mental connection with yourself and confidence. Maybe that's because there is obviously some self-absorption that has to be, because you got to be selfish if you're going to these things. you got to be focused on yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's obviously body image driven, which depending on the human being can end up being very shallow. Um, and it may turn people into dicks. So, <laughs> there's, there's, again, a lot to unpack there. Um, we don't just throw one question at you. I'm really <laughs> testing that you're listening to mm-hmm. me, you know? I, I, I don't, but I, I kind of already have all this preloaded, <laughs> so it's okay. Um, I sent him the script. He's actually reading my answers. <laughs> yeah, it's all right there. So, no, I think this is really, really interesting. So for someone who kind of has just their, their eyes set on the physiology of bodybuilding, they'd go, oh, well, it would be healthier to do bikini or men's physique because you don't have to get as lean. Mm. You don't require to have as much muscle. So you don't have to diet as long or as hard. Good to go. But now going back to the body image and psychology of it, this it's is the same, right? really interesting in my experience, and this isn't like a published study or anything like that, although there is one study on a pretty high prevalence of eating disorders among men's physique competitors specifically, um, I have seen way more unhealthy practices, negative self-beliefs, eating disorders, disordered eating among bikini competitors and men's physique competitors than I have among competitive bodybuilders. And that is counterintuitive if you're thinking how lean do you need to get, how hard do you need to push yourself. But the difference is, is that what society is already telling men and women to look like is much closer to bikini and men's physique than it is, bro, you got striated glutes. Like, like no one is telling anybody, male or female, that they need to have a walnut butt, mm-hmm. you know? My, my wife finds me attractive about 10 pounds ago, you know? And I cared 10 pounds ago, and now I don't, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're on a different mission. There's, yeah. there's, there's nothing getting produced here anymore. <laughs> so um, the point being is that the physiology is what it is. Almost every sport asks you to do something physiologically that's unhealthy. But the psychology is what can be a lot more damaging and you need to be really aware of. So I find that that I'm actually quite concerned about this huge resurgence in, uh, not resurgence, this huge uptake in the more mainstream categories. Yeah. To try to, the mainstreaming of bodybuilding, competitive bodybuilding, I don't really think is a good thing. 
You know, there's tons like like there's tons of bikini competitors, tons of men's physique competitors, and it's great that people are interested in it and want to push it that far. Um, but man, do I see a lot of unhealthy relationships with food, people trying to stay lean all the time, people doing it as a way to fix a problem or reach a goal and, and make money, social media, right? Yep. You got to be lean enough to post these pictures year round because you got to promote yep. that fit to uh, year round. Actually, I am living proof that's not the case. <laughs> you, true. Very true. True. <laughs> our wellness champion. <laughs> yeah. um, competing in wellness is the strangest concept in my life. Swellness. Swell. Yeah, huh. the swellness category. I like that. <laughs> hey, I like buddy. This. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's. I think it's very intriguing to me uh, that basically the if you're matching up with all the shit society is already pushing at you and the, the speed with Instagram and saying, oh, now we need to compete in that. It's like, oh my god, that's like one worse thing. Yeah, yeah. So interestingly enough, I, I think that um, some of the the less harsh categories. I don't know if it's what's the chicken or the egg though. Is it that right. all of a sudden people are like, oh, I want to do men's physique and I got an eating disorder, or is that people with more disordered eating so that's are what drawn I to it? Yeah, that's what yeah. like the type of guy you know that may be more into the physique is already or really into their hair and shaving their arms anyways and getting you know ladies at the beach and so now they're like, let me get this beach bod on stage and see if we can take home a little golden trophy. It, yeah, go ahead. Does John. your observation <laughs> actually uh, include both natural and enhanced bodybuilding? Because I can see how, like, with enhanced bodybuilders, purely the size mm. factor um, has a psychological component too, and it has a, a, lot, a lot of people find um, some kind of balance in that, some kind of emotional balance. Like, um, a lot of people do strength sports and whatever out of out of a personal fear sure you know there's a there's a um i was bullied yeah i'm not big enough yeah 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 and so being bigger they feel better and so the maybe the relationship with food isn't isn't as fucked up because Mm -hmm. their their sense of self is fucked up in a different way i guess yeah i i wish i had more experience i really don't actually but (laughs) i i've worked with probably literally 300 people who are natural bodybuilders and i've worked with in strange circumstances like family friends or random occurrences like i've helped two people who've ever used anabolic steroids so i have no idea but i mean here's the thing like you guys have been in the lifting game for a long time whether you're drug free or not you end up knowing a lot of people on both sides of the right. fence yeah like they're, they're your friends they're people yeah, like yeah. i'm in that culture not to the same degree but to some degree yeah um so I have some anecdotal observations about what I see in the enhanced community. I have a ton in the natural community. And then as far as research, there's a ton of research on, on, on drug-using bodybuilders, but it's all from the perspective of public health and psychology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the, the research on natural bodybuilders is all kind of new era stuff. Um, sometimes it's from natural bodybuilders who have a kind of a promoting kind of tilt towards it. Like, hey, look at the cardiovascular benefits of doing bodybuilding when you're not using anabolic steroids. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is accurate, you know, right. um, but it's not necessarily the same thing. But there is some research where it's it's non-specific, uh, and then they try to like look at the differences. But there's very little differences uh, ex- that have been explored between the two. Do I think there are some? Yes, but I think it's more about not do you have an extreme personality or not, or were you bullied as a kid? But do you, where do you draw the line, and are you more risk averse or risk? accepted Mm -hmm. and also then just simply what community do you grow up in because i think a lot of bodybuilders are risk adverse they'd like to have their things they like to have them a certain way right but if 
performance enhancing drugs are completely normalized in your community, mm-hmm. that's not a risk. If everyone has, has, has yeah. told you that you come up in a gym at 15 that, no, nah, bro, it's all that's just the, the liberal media has told you that you're going to get. It's like the market price of stocks that's already exactly. built in. Yeah. Exactly. Like if you've been convinced that, uh, like I, I've met um, certain enhanced bodybuilders who are using Coke and all, like yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they live a very strange lifestyle. And then, but that's not the norm in competitive bodybuilding, no matter what some magazine tells you. A lot of them have never smoked a cigarette, hmm. but may have been on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a really, really unique, crazy, cool thing. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a complex personality type that goes into bodybuilding. And then there are differences between the two. Yeah. But I don't think it's two different species. I don't. I think it's two sides of the same coin, basically. Subspecies. Yeah, where'd you grow up? Like, what were you exposed to? Like, one thing I noticed in natural bodybuilding, there's a lot of people in the medical community who work in natural bodybuilding. Like, there's a lot of nurses, RNs. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just kind of have this, like, health is a little higher, and they get exposed to the idea of, like, heart health. And, yeah. you know, and so they, they have a little more of, I'm not going to do that. That's not my thing. Like, bodybuilding for health is part of it, but I'm also, like, super obsessive, and I like mm-hmm. to train and all that stuff. Or you get a lot of people who are quite religious. That's another thing in the natural bodybuilding community. Yeah, A lot of people are giving up to God and stuff like that. So if they feel at all morally uncomfortable just because of the general societal perception of it, um, or if it's illegal, which it is in our country, then they feel there's some conflation of what's moral and what's legal. And that's that's really for someone to decide whether you're libertarian or you think like uh, if something is illegal, then I'm putting my family at risk. I'm not going to do that. So often you'll get a lot of um, religious or medical community people in, in natural bodybuilding, or people who are raised in just uh, generally conservative families, or who are just not raised in a good gym culture where uh, steroids were the norm. Yeah, uh, you also get a lot of educators, so you get a lot of people who work with kids. So they're not just thinking about it from the what would I do as a free-thinking citizen in my society? I'm a libertarian. They're thinking of it like, oh, what message would this send the people who I'm working with? Dude, for the kids, right? Trickle out the kids. Yeah, and and. Sure, fair enough. I do think if I was going to promote competitive bodybuilding, I would promote natural bodybuilding. But I actually don't. I don't. I don't try to. It may come across that way. Promote competitive bodybuilding in general. Yeah. I promote. Hey, to to competitive bodybuilders, here's the healthiest and best way to do it. Think about a sustainable career. Um, Some of that's just the internet, though, too, because I true. never once tried to co- like promote powerlifting competitions. Right. Again, like I really don't like them. I don't like it mm-hmm. personally. Uh, I like coaching people because they like to do that, but yeah. I don't like it. But everyone, like, you know, in my own little internet verse, I'm a promoter of powerlifting. Mm-hmm. But I'm not as a sport. I just yeah. like to lift weights and teach you how to do it properly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it, it's an interesting thing, the whole chicken or egg thing. Like, there are there are causative factors for eating disorders, which I don't think bodybuilding is, is a strong one. But I do think there are... Uh, aspects of competitive bodybuilding, what you need to do to get on stage that are maintaining factors to keep an existing disorder or make, either make it come back yeah. and then hang around because now it's part of this and you can pretend it's not something yeah. that I do. Um, I wonder if it might even be worse for people because you're talking mostly people that compete in bodybuilding that step on stage. I wonder if it's worse for that middle ground of mm. people that are like kind of maybe more what Jim's talking about, like whether bullied or whatever – have some type of complex, so I mean, we all have self-esteem issues, mm. whatever, but an extreme version of that, and they're just doing it for maybe, quote-unquote, the wrong reasons. Where Like, like someone know, who's using performance-enhancing drugs but never gets on stage. It's just doing it to look sick, get a sick <laughs> Instagram picture, like get a, a check, like all, but you're 30 years old, and you should kind of understand that that's not necessary so, now. So where, kind of like the whole Ziz 
Kind of, yeah. We're like where you're talking about, and we've talked off air a bunch. Like you like testing yourself, basically, and your mental like mental discipline to a next level, and that's kind of why you do it, and that Mm -hmm. makes total sense to me. We talked and joked why you know I just stopped drinking alcohol. Not that I have an issue, or I don't think I do. Uh, It sounds like I do. We've all given up big things for this week, guys. Yeah, or I've given up energy drinks, which is something I really enjoy, Mm -hmm. and it's just to tell my like check myself, like pull the choke collar, like Mike. Yeah, we got this. Like that, I'm deciding to do this. Like not you. Who's the boss here? Yeah, yeah. And and that's Tony Danza. You're just taking it to a a a more aesthetic extreme than I am. Mine's just a lifestyle thing. But I wonder if it's that middle ground of guys that are even more messed up. Yeah, relationships I, with food, relationships with themselves. Well, mo- most steroids are sold to people who do not compete in bodybuilding. Exactly. Yeah. The, the gym or bro. strength boats. The gym boats or anything Recreational else. users. Yeah. yeah. And th- that that's it's an eye-opening thing if you've been around uh, a lot of people who are performance-enhancing drug users. Sometimes a lot of them do not look like they lift. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> know? And it's kind of going it's back wild. to that, that long time ago when you had us on to talk about gimmicks. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, what was it back in? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah, we're like, that's just the extreme version of a supplement. For like, sure. If, if your homie in the gym is like, oh, like you want to get in shape, here's what you need. Yeah, that's again so taking you out of that full commitment. It's mm-hmm. catching you when you're not fully committed, and you're like, well, I don't want to lift that hard. I really just want to look good at the club, and and maybe this is what's holding me back. So I'm going to take some gear. For sure. And it's That's weird he pointed not, at you, Omar. And it's still not, <laughs> gotta, still not magic. He's you know? uh, thrown daggers at the wellness crew, but it's not going to happen, okay? Because I'm taking over, body positivity is taking over, and we're all stepping on stage, and everyone's winning. You're drug tested, or you take drugs and just don't we look don't, like it? We don't do care. whatever you, you don't want. judge. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it it does. doesn't matter. We're DJ Khaled. We're, we're every day we're winning. Mm-hmm. Know what to say to that. I don't know either. I think <laughs> we're all winners. Right. I think you're right. And if everyone had that mindset to, in their soul, we'd be all okay. Absolutely. But I don't know if that's the case. You know, I wouldn't have a place to compete. But, but we're going to keep fighting the fight. No, yeah. you'd be on there. You'd win also. You would just be on stage next to him. Be the only one. And I'm saying <laughs> that's selfish. It's about everyone. We can yeah. all be the only. One. It's not about you. We're it's all about us. Neo. Yeah. There's no I in team. There's Praise not. Me. Uh, I was waiting for it. Yeah, that's what the well, ball, actually, that's what the ball hog inside says. Inside of the A, if it's a capital A in team, if you that's take a look right, at the exactly. inverse, it's an I. You got to be a little liter- a little illiterate to have the me and team, but <clears throat> that's what you're here for. <laughs> what? What? Are, he just said some upside <laughs> down just, I. Go to him. He just made you do a high five to something you didn't agree with, but you're like, he gave you a positive look, affirmation, like, yeah, buddy. You can rearrange the words or the letters. Yeah, that's why I high fived you. But you can't turn the A upside <laughs> like, you know down or some shit. Yeah, fat people and positivity, bro. Episode so, over. Uh, Eric hasn't competed <laughs> as long as I have. Um, so let us know the truth now after he just went through all that. As part of the body positive. <laughs> no, uh, this, is a, this is a subject that's uh, very near and dear to Eric. And I honestly think he's had much more reflection, introspection on this topic than most from both competing and taking a look at the research. I, I think it was And a, coaching. I think it was a, a very well balanced and we've had uh talks like this off uh air. And actually what propelled me to ask Eric the question recently was that someone, I'm not gonna identify him, a buddy of mine who does powerlifting, uh basically just said out of the blue, and I would say he does have a a bias against bodybuilding from his own personal experiences with his body and his body image and so he is when you said uh causative uh, factors versus uh, uh maintaining factors mm-hmm. where i think he was conflating that where people that enter that have pre-existing body image issues that it further just uh, exacerbates it makes it worse um 
I was going to say that with Eric, when the guy tried to assert that bodybuilding is not a sport as if to delegitimize it. Yeah. Right? Mm. And I actually, Eric had a fantastic response to me where I said, you know, I, I've never really thought of it. And since I've been doing Iron Culture podcasts available every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, um, I've had my eyes really opened up, quite honestly, uh, being serious here for a second, where I maybe had some bias or, or I guess what I'd say I never identified with it, and so I knew it wasn't for me, uh, but I didn't see maybe that other side. And so hanging out with Eric now for a while, I've been exposed now to a whole other niche of lifting, and it's been uh, eye-opening. And so when he came back, he actually said, the person asserted bodybuilding is not a sport. And Eric, you know, from the get-go said, fair enough, I wouldn't uh, classify it as a sport uh, either, but I would call it a, a competitive um yeah. A, a competitive um yeah, i would say it was a, it's a performance art with a, it's a performance art with a competitive Sorry. aspect yeah. Yeah, yeah i would agree with that and i one i don't care because me and jim had this conversation about gaming and esports and that's a big another like i feel like those are the two at least yeah. maybe that's cause, just because what i'm into but those are the two people argue like you think it's a sport and it's yeah. bodybuilding and it's like esports yeah uh, and you only, and you only one, who cares yeah you only get defensive if if you have this bias that sport equals better right mm -hmm. and i'm like well mm -hmm. i don't i mean and, yeah i think i think bodybuilders are athletes yeah, so that's a yes. whole topic too, and and yeah. and I would agree with that because I think if you consider bodybuilding stepping on stage and posing, then I would kind of agree that it's not a sport just by this the definition of a sport. And yeah. I'd also agree that I don't care. Uh, yeah. And same with esports. Like, is it hard for me to be better at Call of Duty? And like, is it hard? And do I respect those that are freaking awesome mm -hmm. at it? Yeah. Do I care if they call themselves athletes or uh, they play a sport? I yeah. don't care. Yeah, like chess is not a sport. <laughs> yeah. But you still have to train. They'd crush me. <laughs> yeah, like, like that takes a lifetime of dedication yeah. and, and, and training, right? Gary Kasparov wants to know your location. He's like, what did you just say? Yeah, like, or, or like uh, horse racing. The jockeys yeah. are in shape, but I mean, mm. what is the biggest contributor on game day to the performance? It's the horse. The horse, the horse is an athlete and the horse is right. a sport. Eric's coming after everyone. Yeah. Equestrian so, pursuits. So is, Basketball. Here's another one. So like race car <laughs> driving is even more obvious. Yeah. You know, uh, and here's another yeah, one. Yeah, I had the definition of sport. It was something about uh, like movement, agility, and control in space or something, you know, like. When it, when it really comes yeah. down to it, it basically is your physical performance on the, the day of competition, the primary decider of the outcome. Yeah, yeah. So here's another example where it changes on what you're doing within the same sport. Uh, artistic gymnastics, that is actually a dance competition that you're judged and see who's better. But the people who do it are gymnasts who could get on the pommel horse. Right. And then be One event later, yeah. A, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's... Um, that is a good one. It's, it's quite interesting. So I, I would say a bodybuilder is an athlete. Sure. That they have to train for decades to look the way you're seeing them and then diet. But while posing is difficult, and I did mention, uh, I think, on Alan Thrall's YouTube channel recently, like it actually can, can, can change the outcome of the competition. Yeah, yeah. It's not like if Ronnie Coleman posed poorly in 2005 versus me, and I posed well, I could beat him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's impossible. Right? Not quite that much leverage. Right. It's a, it's a component. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know, like, the definition of sport, like we said, if it says competing, because I would say, yeah, the training of bodybuilding is a sport. Jim I has could, it right in front of me. I could, I could read it to you. Hit us. Hit us, Body, uh, <laughs> Dictionary.com, not bodybuilding.com, defines sport as an athletic activity requiring skill or physical prowess. Yeah. Oxford Dictionary defines sport as an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment. Oh. Yeah. That's weird definition. So there's, there's, there's a spectator component. Yeah. So yeah. I would say bodybuilding has 
part of both yeah, definitions, sure. but yeah. not the full of either yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, no, I think a performance yeah. competition or whatever you say, uh, like that hits ring with me. And again, at the end of the day, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, yeah. If you like to do it, go and do it. Yeah. If you don't like to do it, don't do it. Yeah, with, so with either one, though, with <laughs> esports wouldn't qualify because you don't have to be an athlete to do it. Well, that's what. The, yeah. Well, then we have to look at the definition of an athlete There's and skill, all these things. But not exertion. There's right, d- right. definitely yeah. a skill, hand-eye coordination. Ryan so, wants yeah. to know your location. Yeah, all Little Ryan League of Le- <laughs> all League of Legends uh, <laughs> gamers <laughs> are exerting themselves. Sorry, it's eight grueling hours of intense concentration. Okay, by then your back hurts, your eyes hurt. It's like it's like Compe- blah, blah. competitive sedentary focus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I competitive reading. <laughs> when I was having that conversation uh, with that individual, and basically he kind of wanted to shit on uh, bodybuilding. If I'm being transparent, what my perception of his conversation with his own uh, implicit bias. Uh, it was great to talk with Eric, who always responds when you send a text, even if it's 4 a.m. his time. Weird, but impressive, and I love it. <laughs> Only He's always there for me. Because I've woken up after four hours of sleep. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're like, I'm bored. Great yeah. sport. Yeah. <laughs> you said, I actually had my phone on loud, and you woke me up, which is why I responded. But anyways, um, uh, the other thing, so he when he conceded uh, what Eric said, where Eric's like, yeah, I'd agree, but it, you know, once again, it's a performance art with a competitive component. So, yeah, but it's not healthy, right? So that's it's like, well, how are we defining health? Yeah. Because he identifies as a powerlifter. Yeah. And I said, if you're taking a look largely at um, uh, professional bodybuilders, then there's various definitions of health, and we could go into what you said, mm-hmm. where it's certainly not for everyone, but what are we looking at here and how are we defining it? I said, if we take the same general surface level look at something like the sport of powerlifting and we take a look at the professionals in quotations, yeah. a.k.a. those that are the strongest that are enhanced. Even think, unenhanced with yeah. the, body, the body weight, fat, or muscle. So you're carrying can't be the epitome of health. Oh, we, we've got yeah. data on injury rates. Yeah, yeah. and and cardiovascular the injury health. rates are high. Yeah. Uh, what they're eating. So let's just straight real brief, and then I'm gonna let you finish yeah. what you're saying. Let's we just. I'm, take- I'm gonna let you finish, but Beyonce had the album of the year. He just tastes swift grass. Oh my! That was that was. Did you not see that coming? He no, just I, I did. But that, I, I was actually more marveling at your uh, Kanye impression. Not bad, not like, good, I don't think yeah. it was remotely close. But I did, was I'm like, not an impression oh, guy. But you was got a generic it. black guy. The, the best part of it is you got that I interrupted you, and then you interrupted me about me interrupting. Yeah, yeah but it was on. It was yeah. on par. Jim, I'm actually impressed. You, you like. You're sane. That's that's good. So, yeah, the calmest guy in the room. I think that's how. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm usually it's Connor in the corner, but I just <laughs> don't know how. He's on, on smoking a jewel out of his mind. <laughs> but Connor doesn't have blood pressure a lot of the time, so that, is no, he a vampire? He, no, oh. no, no they, he's just if they ate, they have blood pressure. He's like he's calmer than me, but like he's uh, also not engaged. So. We don't know right. what he's doing. As Eric was saying, <laughs> anyway, thank you, Omar. As Omar was saying, <laughs> don't. <laughs> so if we look the, at if we look the at bottle strength sports only, and we look at the injury rates per thousand hours of training, bodybuilding is about one to two. Uh, powerlifting, CrossFit, and weightlifting, sorry guys, you're all in the same category, oh. are about two to four. Mm. And then two, for, I, two to four percent? Two to four uh, injuries per, per thousand, thousand hours. Oh, gotcha, of gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But the point being, if we all relate it back, it's two, it's basically two to three times as much as, as bodybuilding yeah, if yeah, you're doing yeah. a barbell sport. And then if you get the Highland Games and Strongman, unfortunately, it's like another another multiplier of two to three. Do you know something like basketball or football or soccer? A lot higher. They're yeah. closer to strongman. Yeah, in, in yeah, any contact course. sport. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and just multiple planes. Yeah. <laughs> You're not moving them in a straight line. And then endurance <laughs> sport and uh, sprinting are a little different, but th- those are actually higher than bodybuilding as well. Yeah. So from just a physical injury standpoint, for sure. I, if, if I want to pigeonhole health, 
like this person is pitching only to the mental side of it. And if I go, oh, how many injuries do you get as a powerlifter versus a bodybuilder? I've got data to say you're three times more likely to get hurt. Mm-hmm. But, I right. would, but I wouldn't say powerlifting is inherently unhealthy. So go ahead. All right, I'm yeah, a bodybuilder. No, I, I thought it was just interesting how people have these uh, preconceived notions. And as you said, is it the sport of bodybuilding? Or what are you, what are you talking about when you say bodybuilding yeah. is unhealthy? How are you defining then bodybuilding? And I witnessed firsthand when Eric competed and I saw uh, his show and he just – Stepped on stage looking fantastic. I'm talking quads on point, actually. Um, that his process, I was with him after he won his competition. And he wasn't just doing this to impress me. But normally, even not that it's a bad thing, afterwards you have the celebratory uh, meal and all those things. But the the level of Often focus. Often it's not even a, it's a celebratory binge. Yeah. No, even, yeah. They'll even use, we will even use the word binge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which actually makes it not a bench because you're in control because you decided to do it, but nonetheless. And to self-awareness. Because I, I have to always try and throw in uh, to podcasts things that I love, such as Akira Kurosawa and the movie Rashomon, where even if one person can make a difference or if one person can show the way that it's done in such a way that I personally would regard it as healthy and we could try and define what that means, then I think we need to take a closer look at maybe some of the people competing or some of the motivations or all those things. But I had my perspective uh changed in a positive way seeing eric go through this process and so um i thought it was just interesting from five years ago or from me uh in my youth where i think we're talking about our different influences and i think you're talking about uh 80s movies and bruce willie we're talking about my boy um where i never identified with that segment and so maybe i had that outside perspective but then from seeing it a little bit more on the inside it opens up First, the definitions, the context of what you're talking about, and then um, who should be doing it, and then uh, you know what it really, what value it could really bring, and then maybe the last point I just want to bring up is the fact that when we're talking about um, bodybuilding and what it does for you, it's like anything else comparing it to other sports. Then, in terms of football, uh, you gave that example where football, as an example, it could be dangerous. You can get uh, concussions as kids, even trauma, various physical ailments. Um, but then there's a lot of positives where learning to be part of a team, learning uh, to yeah. have that higher purpose, where you fit in, right. uh, teamwork, communication, all those skills, uh, uh, You know, being a little bit more disciplined with your life, waking up early. A lot of positives where if you just focus on the negative components, you have to think, what is this sport or what is this discipline doing for me? What are some of the positives? What are maybe some of the potential uh, potential minor or moderate uh, uh, negative consequences? So as you said, uh, the eating disorders, maybe mm-hmm. uh, someone that could maintain some of those aspects and then weigh it out for yourself, right? For Where sure. it's, not, it's, it's not a black and white, like it's bad because of uh, A, or at BC, it's like there are multiple factors or are some potential yeah. benefits on the positives. So you're saying it's, it's it's not a – the question it's doesn't have yes utility no. to ask, is bodybuilding healthy or not? Yeah. That's that's a – like I think football is a great example because in America, we we wouldn't answer that question, yes or no. Is football healthy or not? Like you'd immediately think, oh, the media is really focused on traumatic brain injury and the things that have happened and like you know murders and yeah. shit. But – Man, I, that was a big eye-opener for me. I gained a lot of confidence. I got into fitness, and I learned about teamwork. All of that exists in most average males, whether they're a spectator or played pickup games or played flag or whatever, right, in, in the States. So there's nuance almost immediately just because of our culture. And it's easy to pick on this redheaded stepchild yeah. you never actually talked to to be like, oh, bodybuilding's mm. black or white. Yeah. But we don't do that with other sports um, because we had our son who 
really learned and found himself being the captain of the soccer team. But then his junior year, he tore his ACL. Yep, soccer's and bad. And then didn't get a scholarship. But he then became a soccer coach and had a career. So it's is it good or bad? I have that, that's 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 a dumb question. I would never answer that question as the father of this this hypothetical yeah. son, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's we, a letdown. Period. Yeah, he didn't win, so we hate him. Right? So what America tells you is you didn't win. You're the worst. Yeah. So I think I I absolutely don't want the message to be, hey, bodybuilding can be healthy. That is true, but bodybuilding can also be extremely unhealthy. And I think more so what we should be working towards is thinking about competitive bodybuilding the same way we do with football, informed consent, and thinking about what are the potential negatives and positive. Is it worth it? Is it for you? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's the downside of it being this, this redhead stepchild no one understands is there's plenty of people who will be like, oh, I'd like to, for my 40th, do a bikini show and then do that. But they've never actually been exposed to the culture. Yeah. They don't know that the risks are you might develop an unhealthy relationship with food for a couple of years or you might actually go through this weight cycling period or you, you can't maintain that shape. No. Um, or the the level of focus you'll need is actually going to negatively affect your relationships. We just need informed consent. Just like we parents aren't saying no one gets to play football, they just want to go. Okay, okay, well, can we pull them off after they've had X number of concussions? Can we get good testing? Can we have some kind of early warning system that they are going to have traumatic brain injury? And now people are going, oh, actually, creatine has some cognitive neurological benefits. Maybe we should reconsider giving it to to high school kids. You know, like things are changing. People are thinking. And they're thinking about how to mitigate the risk of something that adults may choose for their, allow their children to do or do as an adult on their own. And that's like, it's the, all we also think about when does bodybuilding happen? There aren't high school teams. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you know, like, it's not like the, the body image issues we're having in society are coming from bodybuilding. No. It's like if you tell the, the, the 0.1% of society who decides they want to put on a Speedo and flex on stage that, hey, what you're doing is unhealthy. Whew, there goes eating disorders. Yeah, yeah it's you know? so layered. We solved it. Yep. Got them. It was those evil, evil, evil flexors. So the Speedos. Yeah. And so, and you have a number of different uh, stereotypes in your mind when you think bodybuilder. And, and one of the ones that you brought up, Mike, that I think is really common is the, the narcissism and extreme self-focus. Yeah. And I think when you just know, oh, these people flex on stage to win and then that's what they're valued on and all they care about for training is what they look like, that is paints a certain picture. But then when you when then when you think about it, oh, they abstain from certain foods. Alcohol, all, cigarettes. Alcohol, else, yeah. cigarettes. Uh, they, they track meticulously everything they do. They, they become a slave to habits and they develop sleeping schedules, training schedules, and they do all this. And they go, hold on, man, that sounds like, like Lent and plus like an engineer. <laughs> like there is a certain monk-like uh, element of being a bodybuilder that, that is something that all the bodybuilders I know really resonate with is that the fact that they developed this discipline. And you don't think of the douchebag on the beach who's just flexing as is, is having a lot of discipline. They seem almost antithetical. Mm. And when you think about them separately, you get these two very different views of what a bodybuilder is. It's the meathead lunk alarm, I pick things up, I put them down, I eat protein, versus the very analytical, sometimes to a fault, uh, very controlled, uh, very optimizing everything, intellectual. You know, And, and we think about some of the people who come up in bodybuilding they're not all necessarily intellectuals, but they are all very discerning and disciplined. So it's, it's, a, it's a pretty unique thing, uh, and people resonate with different aspects of it. And I personally, the way I look at it is I try to go, all right, well, so what are the positives? What are the potential positives? What are the negatives? What are the potential negatives? What do people need to know about it before they get involved? And how do we highlight one and, and draw back on the other? 
And just because I can do it in a way that is perceived at least to be healthy, and there are healthy and unhealthy aspects of my personal prep, doesn't mean I started that way. Yeah, for sure. And doesn't mean I can expect everyone to get there. And it might take them 20 years. It might not be worth it, you know. So I guess informed consent is kind of the big one that I want. Um, big phrase of the day. Yeah. And I should point out, uh, I did extol the virtues of Eric's healthy prep, but I mean, today your farts really stung. And, uh, <laughs> there you go. And that is because he won his show, and so he was given protein bars. And uh, Shout out to River City Classic. <laughs> <laughs> they have very similar macros to Quest bars. I think they actually taste a little better. However, my body has been used to urethritol. I think they have malatol. And the first three levels of malatol are mal, which in Spanish is bad, bad. which for me means stinky farts. And I apologize. Mm, we don't do this podcast in smellivision, which is probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. Soon, 2020, 2025. Yeah. Coming like to com. Yeah. Apple's going to come out with something. Virtual smell reality. Yeah. No, who, I don't think anyone wants that. They have it at like yeah, Disneyland and stuff. It's never no, fun there. No. Yeah. I think they did research. I could be wrong, but when it comes to cinema, uh, because they had the 3D craze, um, yeah, and then they had the motion yeah. sensors. I think they tried something like that. They've done tests and it doesn't no, perform well like as Disneyland you think. And stuff, yeah. You know, pain is a sense. Maybe they should incorporate that. <laughs> you know, like, I want to go to a horror movie and I want to feel what it's like to have my guts ripped out. Just be in pain. All right. No, that no, sounds like a Black no. Mirror episode. I'm just, you know, uh, copyright. Masochism. 50% facts. So if you do that Black Mirror, I will we'll see paid. some royalties right here. So before we totally disintegrate, <laughs> mm. let us just say that we can all agree that Building one's body, and in in particular, adding to one's lean muscle mass, mm-hmm. has a health promotion component to it. Yeah, for the long term. Yes. So whether anybody is going to compete as a bodybuilder, actually building their body, building muscle. Yes. Positive step. Yeah. Lifting weights for the purpose of putting on muscle mass, not even for performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not even necessarily to change to look better naked. Because people yeah. kind of sometimes conflate that. Oh, I yeah. want to look good, but I want to compete. But you can lift just to have more muscle mass and have that be independently good mm. and not necessarily primarily care about the aesthetic of what happens when you do that. Right. Great. Hypertrophy can be a valid goal, right? We do that for performance athletes as a part of their 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 periodization. So yes, definitely. Building muscle, publicly healthy. I would even say uh, the process and the experience of training to have some ownership and change your body and have artistic element to it, not necessarily conforming to a societal standard, but just saying, hey, I want to feel bigger <clears throat> and, and, and more powerful. I want to... Yeah, more, uh, more, more more functional. I want to do what I want with my yeah, body. Yeah. Like, like say, say, for example, he, here's the way I look at it from the other side of it, not, not as a member of the public, but as someone who's promoting bodybuilding, is I think promoting bodybuilding from that perspective, yes. Promoting bodybuilding as art, Absolutely. Almost every single culture, regardless of differences in how we see the body, has celebrated muscularity in some time or some type of myth or in some way. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily need to be, I'm better than you. I think when we talk about art, there's almost this understanding that it's subjective in nature. Whether you like Monet or whether you like sculpture or whether you like rap music or whether I like whatever, it's all like, hey, I'm not going to yuck your yum. Like, you know, whatever you like for art, that's all good. So if someone appreciates a muscular body, that doesn't necessarily mean if you're fat, you're a bad person, right? That, that, right. That, that's absolutely not something that has to be true when you think about it objectively. It's an artistic expression, so it's subjective in nature. So if I like the aesthetic of a muscular body and me putting, like, you know, my, the, the poses I do emulating Zane or Steve Reeves, that's not me saying 
you should look this way. That's me saying, hey, this is my my own personal artistic expression of my body. You can do that too if you want. It's going to look different because we're all unique genetically, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be competitive, right? I think each person can can do some cool stuff with their body and have a unique look because of genetic diversity and then the, the effect of training. I think that's neat. You don't have to think that's neat. That's what art is. So when I promote, if you see a picture of my physique, it'll typically happen in a number of ways. One, it's me leveraging information to bodybuilders. Like here's a nutrition or training program for bodybuilder. And oh, yeah, I look like a bodybuilder, so I have some credibility. Uh, it is me on stage talking about the competitive process or experience or a check-in for me to get on stage. It is me showing an artistic pose saying, hey, I really like this, this aspect of bodybuilding. Or it's me talking about the science of bodybuilding and here's what it can result in. But what you will not see is me doing aesthetics marketing or lifestyle marketing. Me on the balcony of a mansion uh, with, with some hot chick who never speaks, but I have her as adornment because I am muscular. Or me sitting in front of a Lamborghini and saying, hey, I'm rich. And some part of that was because I had abs. Oh, and by the way, if you're like me, your shitty life can go away too. That's actually what I think is the most harmful thing is bodybuilding as a solution mm -hmm. to your shitty problems and that you will be happy if you can just get abs. And that's actually something that I have seen come more recently. Like there's this whole aesthetics lifestyle thing. Like I'm a muscular person and people just follow me around and I've got great abs and I've got a hot girlfriend and I've got money and somehow they're connected. So buy my program. That I think is a really dangerous way to promote bodybuilding. I don't think it is bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think... And I also You're don't, right. It's an aesthetic revolution. <laughs> right. And, and, to, and to be clear, I also don't want to be vilifying these people because I don't think it's intentional. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, get yeah. rewarded by it, for one. For you sure. immediately get more likes. Yeah. You immediately get more clicks. I don't think people have thought through it in most cases to realize that they're actually promoting some of these negative body image ideals. I think people compete in bodybuilding, right? And they go, oh, shit, this, people like this. I get rewarded. Uh, and maybe I can leverage that to make a career. That seems like a very, like pragmatic thing for someone who is doing something they try to make money out of what for they sure. love. Maybe they're not a scientist. Like, okay, I, I could see that happening. I just think we need to start to be aware to what are the ways in which bodybuilding can be harmful. And if take something from the medical community, how do we do no harm? Yeah, yeah. So if I'm a bodybuilder, whether I'm a, an athlete, a coach, a researcher, all the above in my case, and I'm trying to promote any of those messages, those streams, I just need to be aware of what am I promoting and how could it be harmful? So I'm not going to have me on a Lambo. I'm going to be careful when I use my body and make sure that it falls in the domains of either art yeah, or athletic athleticism mm -hmm. or competitive bodybuilding, yeah. which is a very specific message. And we try at 3D Muscle Journey to not say competitive bodybuilding is a solution or a good thing. There's no hierarchy here, right? It's not like, yeah, there's, there's bodybuilders. It's cool. You lift weights. But if you want to be a real bodybuilder, <laughs> you need to get on stage. Like that's absolutely not true. Um, I know a lot of bodybuilders who were so motivated by the stage that when they no longer competed, they had trouble being consistent in training. And you're telling me that person's more dedicated than the dude who's been there at 6 a.m. in the squat rack since he was 17 and is yeah. now 65? No, that's the bodybuilder. You're, you're a Fairweather fan who, when you couldn't get your little trophy anymore, you threw a fit and didn't want to train. No offense to all those people, but offense intended. <laughs> Eric, I'm going to be real with you. This is uh, some of the most on point I've seen you, and it's actually reminiscent of uh, when we had James Fitzgerald on the CrossFit, kind of deconstructing his own sport, mm. but in a pl from a place of love. 
Yes. And and a place of uh, adoration where it's, I love this, but let me take a, a good hard look at it and let me try and provide the best information so I don't misconstrue what I'm trying to say or what, what I'm do. talking about. Yeah, or what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's actually a really good point. Like, James did a good job of talking about all, all the problems with CrossFit. Where did he do a good point? I didn't want to mention it again, but of course, it has to be Iron Culture Podcast. That's have, you you forced was, my hand. It was on a Monday. <laughs> yeah, And he might have been there with Marcus Philly. And some people wish every day was a Monday. I, I do. <laughs> Mainly because Except the best the, podcast second to 50% Facts comes out, yeah. which is on Wednesday. Yeah. On Wednesday. You have, yeah. Two, you have two great days. It's like, imagine mm-hmm. your favorite show, Stranger Things, right? Or whatever yep. it might be. Or Star Wars, your favorite movie, was every single week. Twice. Reliably. <laughs> yep. Right. Monday, Wednesday. Yep. So what do you do on Tuesday, folks? Nothing. Binge drink. <laughs> <laughs> Try to black out and forget that day completely because it's the worst thing between the two best things. <laughs> or hit that jewel just real hard. <laughs> yeah. Because you'll be so depressed that Iron Culture's over, you'll want to drink. Yeah. And then you'll be ready to come out. And what'll drag you out of that near-alcoholic depression and feeling like trash? Your hangover will be cured by... 50% facts. Boom. And then Thursday through Sunday? They don't exist. <laughs> We're going to have to find some more podcasts. Thursday through Sunday is waiting for us to create more podcasts. So, so anticipation is. builds your desire because oh. I don't want to recommend binge drinking for another four days. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. One, day. <laughs> one day's plenty. Uh, boys, thanks for coming on. Where can people find you besides Mondays on Iron Culture? Well, uh, since we're on the topic of bodybuilding, please yeah. check out 3dmusclejourney.com uh, where we promote natural bodybuilding, primarily to competitors, but also just information about it. So that's the number three, the letter D, musclejourney.com. You can find science podcast blog posts uh, links to my books if you want them the whole nine yards i mean i'm good i i think uh this episode is uh, uh, talking about bodybuilding so i think so they better. should definitely find your instagram the body <laughs> if, you, if you're interested in the latest trend in uh, wellness fitness fatness body positivity omar Yusuf taking over shows where everyone's a winner actually this tagline now that i've thought about it for an hour while eric was talking it's not everybody's a winner it's everybody's a wiener and we're going to be endorsed by you know frank oscar meyer yeah Yeah. Yeah. oscar meyer wieners built in oscar meyer wieners promoting bodybuilding that's there's a joke (laughs) i I can't figure it out yet but i like it all right i'm sounding like instagram twitter appreciate you guys I am the Jim McDean on the social medias. Follow this show on uh, Instagram and Twitter. We are 50% facts. We're percent is a word. We'll catch you next time.